0: Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors macabre manor of mead, metal, and mayhem. I'm James. And I'm Jody. And as promised, here's one of our interviews with Sam, who's been on before. This is the only interview we've done so far. So there may be more, there may not, but anyway, hope you enjoy. I'm sitting here with Sam, who we have interviewed before on Tour de France and what's not. But This being the 42nd anniversary of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and knowing Sam's a huge Hitchhiker's Guide fan. In fact, uh, Sam said he'd be okay with me surprising him on some of this. Back in college era sort of thing, when we were both big into it, I made a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy role-playing game that lasted all of about two hours because Sam and I realized we're the only two who had any idea what's going on. And I actually remember, and I don't know who was who, but when we started it, we both did this Ford Zayfod sort of thing where we came in and like, Sam, what's up? James, how you doing? Like trying to be ultra cool. <laughs> <And> fruity. <laughs> fruity, sassy. <laughs> couple, of, couple of fruity dudes mm-hmm. who know where their towel is. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else was so hip their bums fell off. Uh, Sorry, we paused because a Very Polish person, person. Busha. <laughs> <laughs> picked up her stuff and walked by. Yeah, suppose we should say we're actually sitting in a pub on a Thursday, drinking bitter, <laughs> as as we record this. I also do remember suggesting one of us trying to do a ultra brockian cricket, but with blow up bats, and the other being like, no, because that down that path madness lays. <laughs> I don't recall that however I can easily assume how that conversation may have gone uh, one of us will end up dead and having the other having to answer questions to the law enforcement officer about why an inflatable bat led to a death that may be accurate uh, we do know where our we do know where things lie or where our towel is so to speak <laughs> alright so Sam I'm going to start with the first question, and we'll go wherever it goes. Having recently gone through some of it, there are five drinks of distinction. Which would be your favorite if you had to choose one?
1: Which would be gin and tonic,
0: simply an English bitter, where Arthur and Ford had their bitter. Of course. A whiskey, which is what Ford would drink as he got depressed and would talk to the girl in the corner after he made fun of astrophysicists. One I, I did not recall, so good. Well, I read it yesterday. Right. So I'm not claiming. I, I was worried we are going to go down a, a trivia quiz path here, and I was not going to be able to hang. So, yep. Nope. Good, good. I'm with you. I'm with you. We got three. Old Jane Spirit. Right. Or the ultimate pan-galactic blaster. Oh, I've got to go with Pine of Bitters. you got to, you got to cushion the blow of, of numerous things in life. and Pine of Bitters, just as we sit here, both of us right now, with Pine of Bitters. So you, you got to enjoy the pint. And, and we're human, so right? Yeah, and the, the gold brick and all that's just too hard to come by for the whole pangalactic Gargoblaster. blaster, so just go with something easy that's accessible. I would agree, mostly because I don't mind being hit in the head with a brick in the morning after several pints, but a one drink, so out of uh, old Jank spirit or pangalactic Gargle blaster. Have you ever tried to match those up in your head with something that's actually made on <laughs> earth? Absolutely. Uh, old Jenks has to be Jack Daniels to me. Like, that's all I pictured was that. Uh, in my childhood, I didn't know anybody who drank Jack straight or at all, really. Uh, my, my dad drank whiskey, but it wasn't wasn't Jack. So, to me, that was this, <laughs> just this out there, almost evil, like just dangerous drink like you don't go near that and then the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster was just that on steroids and who on earth would even try it (laughs) Uh, despite my efforts in my early 20s to to chase that type of thing um, I believe that we experienced that on one New Year's Eve where we started just mixing random shit for no good reason and randomly accidentally came up with a brilliant drink. Uh, but had no bearing whatsoever with the Galactic Gargle Blaster. I believe we called it Frog Sperm. Frog Sperm. I knew Frog was in there. and uh, I thought Sperm, but I which was delicious, amazing, and we could never repeat it to this day. Uh, not that we've really tried a whole lot since you know 20 years ago. But the Gargle Blaster has to just be this. this <laughs> why? I'll ask a next question. Or yeah, no, keep going. Right. So, is there a character you identify with in a good way, or is and you can answer both ways or is there maybe a character that you like the least that you just I, hate? I think that's one of the, my favorite things about this series of books is you can identify with everybody at some point. I think parts of everybody who really enjoys this parts of their personality fits everything. So I think we all identify with Arthur at the beginning in particular, uh, but even when he goes on and he trips and misses the ground and starts flying <laughs> uh, I think that was one of my favorite parts because I like wow I, I accidentally fell into this really amazing thing and I think I as a kid I, I looked for that like I, I my whole life I've waited for that to happen um, we all want to be a bit of, of the just the adventurous eh, whatever and sure alright we'll hitchhike on this Bogon ship and uh, then go see the universe and uh, we all want to be Zapod, at least a little bit of being just cocky and confident of whatever comes our way, we're going to handle it. Uh, but even Trillian, just brilliant and, and smart and able to handle things and just took off with an alien like it was no big deal smartest, the most impetuous of them all. Right. So I think we all identify with a lot of all those... We want to identify with all those characters. Whether or not we're actually like any of them, (laughs) obviously a totally different conversation. But um, I think if it came down to it, if I had to pick one, I would say Trillian. Just because jump in, go for an adventure, and see what happens. I I feel like I've done some of that in my life and been able to to enjoy that. And and deal with the consequences that come with that, because it's not always just rainbows and puppy dogs if you jump in and go off with an alien you're going to have some negative consequences <laughs> uh, fortunately a, a whale and full of petunias has never landed <laughs> on me or anything but, yeah. Yeah. so if I had to yeah. pick I'd go with thrill. nice answer I, I agree with all that and I'd have to add that for me, Marvin, there have been <laughs> times in my life where I have been I so that. down that We've all had Marvin moments more than once, and I think it's always probably hiding. I, I would venture, and I don't want to, I don't want to put people in a box, but I think most people who enjoy Hitchhiker's Guide, but in even British humor generally tend to have a whole lot of Marvin <laughs> hiding somewhere deep down that they try to pretend isn't there. But if you dig just a little bit, he's gonna. <laughs> He's going to show up, so I think that's accurate. So which uh, which trillion do you like better? And so you've seen the movie I and the, the BBC TV series, I PBS. Have. I have. Which trillion do you prefer? I actually have this idealized picture of her from reading the books, which I, I was able to read the books initially very young, I'm going to guess 9, 10, 11 years old, somewhere in there um, and it wasn't a, any kind of a I'm attracted to her kind of a thing it was just this idealized picture of a brilliant woman who was doing these adventures and things and I think the BBC series did her a disservice making her more of an airhead and just kind of ditzy who could then randomly come up with some brilliant statement here and there and while that was a great character for that show and, and was fun uh, I think I had this picture of her
1: from the books.
0: Uh, the new movie was closer, I think, than the original BBC movie than what I to what I thought, but uh, I still think my idealized picture of her from the books was, was probably my favorite. Do you know how many times I've read the book? Because Choyin says, it's either that or go back to the Dole queue the next week or whatever it was. I read it a dozen times before I looked it up. I never knew the dole queue was sort of their uh, handouts, like a unemployment thing, where you, the dole you hand oh. out queue you're in line. I had no idea. I assumed it was like a boring astrophysicist job forever. Oh, okay. Being in America <laughs> well, as a kid, when I read
2: those
0: British statement queue, made no sense to me. Like I didn't know what a Q was. And call it a line. I'd get in line. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so no, I never put that together, and that's. It makes some sense now, a little bit of reflection, having, I need to now go read the book again. So, your favorite, or least favorite, or both, media, because radio, book, vinyl, BBC TV,
2: movie. Absolutely. So,
0: uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, to, to hearing the radio in an event I'm going to here, and Few weeks, whatever the the event you invited me to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I don't. I've not experienced that. Uh, the book was my first intro to it, and I'm I'm one of those personalities that
2: if you write a book, to me that's canon.
0: That's it. That's it. What it is. And if you make a movie based on that, that's great. And I'm gonna watch it. I may love it,
1: but that's 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 it decoration on
0: the book not not a replacement but for me the book is is what i experienced what i loved Uh, i did really enjoy and i came across it by accident at grandma's house on a sunday one time on pbs the pbs bbc movie uh, and was blown away at the time because i'm a kid like 12 years old like this is the, one of my, some of my favorite characters and they're on TV and I, I can't express that when I started reading the books I had no idea what to expect like as a kid I'd read Lord of the Rings I think at this point before I read that one I'd, I'd read some different books but I, I was a kid I didn't know what books meant and to me books were like serious books were like telling a story even if it was Lord of the Rings that was a fantasy it was serious it was,
2: it was to tell a story
0: and then I read this. It's like, well, there's a story, which is great. But mostly, it's just silly. <laughs> and, and the silly was important. I was just starting to get into things like Monty Python. Like, in my house, Monty Python was available. And I loved it, but I didn't know why I liked it. Like, I was too young to really have any concept of why I liked it. It was just silly. The Holy Grail. I, what do they call you? I am Tim. Like, okay. Tim? That seems silly, but I don't know why. Because anybody who's something the enchanter should be Balthazar, the Enchanter, not. Right. And and having played like Dungeons and Dragons and all this nerd stuff, (laughs) to come into this situation that's just silly for no reason other to be silly? Wait, this is like a real book. Like hardcover, fairly thick books, (laughs) but it's silly. And my only regret, and I I wish, as much as I love the BBC slash PBS movie,
2: uh,
0: and we won't even talk about the the newer movie with (laughs) Zoe, uh, because I don't, I don't think they do a good job of adapting what I pictured the movie to be. Knowing the movie wasn't, that, that movie wasn't made for me. It's made for more modern audiences. Um, is the one thing I regret is not having the staff and the cast from Monty Python cast as board prefect, Arthur Dent.
1: You, you cannot
0: you cannot convince me ever that Monty Python couldn't have done an adapt, adaptation of... The Hitchhiker's Guide that would have not been brilliant. Totally agree. I actually saw Monty Python first before I read Hitchhiker's Guide. As I'm reading, I'm thinking Eric Idle is Ford, John Cleese is Arthur. Abs. There you go. I, I'm not maybe Michael Palin because he'd be the best as Zaphod. Yeah. But Carol Cleveland would have been a great Trillian. Yep. There, there is nothing wrong with any of that. That would have. Been, but the, the Arthur didn't and Ford Prefect, dynamic between those two would have been amazing. Just, I I cannot express how much that should have happened. I can't imagine him not agreeing that John Cleese should have been Arthur Dent. That is, physically, that is who I pictured when I was reading the book before I ever really knew who John Cleese was. Because one of the exposures I had to this whole story was the Commodore 64 text game. Uh, Mate, sure. I'll b i believe you, but I don't remember. You know why I remember? I looked it up two days ago. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I own it on D V like C D from twenty years ago, right. but I had to look it up. So so I got this game. So I Commodore sixty four, I'm I'm a Commodore 64, not at this point. I buy this game thinking it's going to be amazing. It's this text game of you wake up and you look in a mirror. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Alright. Open the cabinet?
2: You open the cabinet.
0: Like, I know I'm supposed to go lay in front of a bulldozer at some point. (laughs) I I don't know how many times I tried to type the right answer. What this stupid computer program wanted me to type. I don't know how many times I tried to do it, and I would do it, and I'd get run over by the bulldozer, right? I'd do it, and the bulldozer would knock down my house, and a brick would hit me in the head. And I literally remember typing it in, like I figured out how to lay in front of the bulldozer, which I knew was the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And then Ford shows up and asks me to go to the pub, so I get up and go to the pub with him, like you're supposed to in the book, and literally... The computer game told me, the bulldozer hits your house and a brick flies off your house and hits you in the head and kills you. Game over. Start at the beginning. And it was always all the way back to the beginning. There's no save point. Right. So, I don't even think I ever made it to the pub in this game. Like, look, I've read this book and I'm having a hard time figuring out what you want me to tell you. Screw you guys. Like, if you're that big of nerds that I have to type it in exactly the way you want it... I'm moving on to another game on Commodore 60 because there were some good games on Commodore 60. So I moved on. I didn't get that. But the Leopard never showed up in the computer game that I recall. Oh, no. So it's not there. I played it literally seven hours ago on my lunch break, like the first 30 minutes of it, because I bought it and the same exact thing. I tried it. Did you get hit by a brick in the head on your way to the pub? I don't remember. All I remember is that I could not get I don't know if I got to the pub. I never made it to the Volgon ship, ever, right. which is the next thing, right. like, ever, because I'm trying to play it like the book. Right. Because no, this is the literal you have to, not only do you have to type in the right thing, you have to type it in exactly letter by letter. You can't just say, go east. You have to say, I walk east, or, or whatever. Yeah, I don't understand game, game. what you're saying. Right. And then you die. So. <laughs> All right. I do have to, to acknowledge uh, virtual plagiarism uh, that I committed in high school, uh, there was a, a an English class, and I'm going to assume it was Mrs. Lorman, who happened to be the parent of one of my classmates, was our English teacher, and had us write creative stories and all that, which, which you want to do sometimes. We And it may not have been her class, maybe it was Mr. Cowan, who's also an English teacher slash Latin teacher slash, and we had another teacher who, anyway. I was commissioned to write some sort of creative story in high school, and I virtually plagiarized a combination of, (laughs) and I'm gonna say the name wrong, Astagafil, the creature who was the embodiment of all the creatures that Arthur Arthur had killed, swatted, stepped on accidentally or intentionally, whatever it might be, uh, and a Dungeons and Dragons uh, adventure that I had read. Um, and I wrote this story and it involved walking down a hallway in the dark with your hand on the wall and all of a sudden there's a gap and then there's one fur and then you run because it's obviously, you know, hinting that it's a bear. A And you trip and fall down this hole um, and there's all these, this creature coming after you that is just the embodiment of all these different angles, uh, and I totally, totally, totally ripped off at least a significant portion of Douglas Adams's where Arthur falls and goes into this, I, I guess, cathedral virtually. Of, a cathedral of hate, kind of. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> and And apparently, whatever teacher it was that I had, bless their heart, either hadn't read it, which strikes me as odd, knowing the two, maybe three teachers that could have possibly been an English teacher at that point, or just gave me a pass because, you know what, he read that many Douglas Adams books, like, it wasn't just the first book, this is like four Four books in? Third or fourth, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to give them credit that they just let me pass on the whole total rip-off uh, of writing a story, and I got a good grade on it, which I'm really happy about. However, none of it was original. I stole from multiple sources and combined them, which, as we all know, is what all good authors really right, actually yeah, do. Right? Yeah. Uh, right. However, uh, it, it was there was some blatant just theft in there. So, Douglas Adams, I apologize. I got an A based on your work at some point in my life, and not just because of the book report. There's my confession. I have now confessed to my only crime in life, the only thing I've ever done wrong that I'm ashamed of, is slightly plagiarizing three different sources for a short story in sophomore year of high school. Right, and knowing Sam for the decades and decades, decades, that is literally the only thing he's ever done wrong. I am completely virtuous (laughs) and have never done anything wrong or caused harm to any other person ever. Do not call ex-girlfriends to verify Well, if I was to be asked by any personage, I'll have to disagree with Sam on his imagination because I will say that with every
1: ex-girlfriend,
0: wife, whatever I've ever had, he can come up with the best shit off the cuff. And I'm not going to give the whole story, but the B battery is one of the best stories I've ever heard that had an ex-girlfriend convinced forever that B-batteries were overthrown because they rebelled. That may need to be another podcast entirely. That's its own thing. <laughs> lies we tell ex-girlfriends. Tune in for all the justification all my exes may ever need for why I'm actually an asshole, even though I may have gotten away with a few lies in the past. Anyway, moving on. that's that's a good idea just the sense of no resolution to it makes all the other books seem like they're just add-ons that didn't go anywhere and it, it makes me think now of things like firefly for example of you get your hopes built up, you love it, you you buy in, and then all of a sudden it just goes away. Like, wait, but 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 I was it was I was invested. Um, and again, no no fault on anybody, but I, that's why I think the the first one is because it's just this whole wait what every every chapter is a wait what <laughs> you need to drink bitters to cushion the blow of what oh now you're on a spaceship. Wait, what? All and right. I mean, I'll, as a, I'll start drinking now. As, as a kid in the 80s, it just sucked you into this world of what's going to happen next. And of all the things I've ever watched, and I've watched sci fi movies, I've read books, I've read fantasy, you name it, and almost nothing just made you go, wait what just happened, as much as Hitchhiker's Guide does. The rest of the books continued that, which was great, Uh, but then the story just kind of seemed to kind of alter a little bit and try to find a reason to be continuing. Like, I feel like they could have just wrapped it up after Hitchhiker's. Yeah. And made that its own thing. And then everything else was kind of a, an additional story instead of trying to be just additions to the continuing story of, of Arthur. Hey, well, we've got our food, so we're going to eat. Do you have anything else for now? Not, not right now. Fish and chips and bitters. Woo! Woo! <laughs> and that's what we have for Sam. We appreciate it. We'll be back soon with more Hitchhiker's Guide, to the Galaxy 42nd Anniversary Fun Stuff. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Let's go. We're being recorded again, so let's not go down that rabbit hole. Oh, again. I can. I'll take this out. Yeah, that's what you said last time. Accurate. Moving on. <laughs> all right. So context. <laughs> context. Woo! I think that is a drink. But again, it's well, all it's all personal. Ward was a bit of a bit of a sadist, though. Too. That's true. I think Ford kind of enjoyed just being on the receiving end of whatever. And, uh... They have different words for it. What are biscuits? Are biscuits cookies or are biscuits things you put gravy on? Like, come on. May not have even noticed. I'm hoping there's a twinge of pride that she sees that I see this and she sees that her son has grasped this and like understood what this means and this is exciting. This is fun. Yay! <laughs>
2: Reasons to be miserable give his brain the pain Then little turns him on Marvin's his name He's a robot, that's his lot Robot full of cares He'd feel a little better if they broke him up for spares But everything he has to do, he finds the world condemning If he had his time again, he'd rather be a lemming Oh well, he's just a menial robot they drive him crazy with their Marvin close the door Isn't it enough to make you tidy up the floor? Spoils of robot day Marvin, when you're finished you can put yourself away He's going to flip his lid because they treat him like a kid getting old and a bit rusty and nobody liked him. One day, being very bored, he thought it would be a good idea to tidy up all his old programs in his dusty old data bank. There were tapes in there he hadn't played for years. Checking them through, he accidentally pushed a wrong button and suddenly he heard... (laughs) ¡Gracias!